When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. We'll get to a lot of tweets today. Dive into the games last night. Just an observation in what has been just an amazing season for the New Jersey Devils. Second place in the division. I don't think anybody expected this. But now you're getting deep into February. Now you're a playoff team. Now you're battling for home ice. Jack Hughes is back, although you can clearly see he's not 100%, but he is back in the lineup for the Devils. And they mailed one in against the Canadians. And listen, I know Montembeau played great. Devils had 40 shots on goal. But watching that game, they did not look that engaged. And maybe it's a wake-up call for Lindy Ruff and his team that as good as you've been this year, you just can't throw any effort and expect to be able to win. A similar thing happened last week in St. Louis when they lost to the Blues after the Blues had traded Tarasenko, and it was clear that they were you know, thinking about the future. They lost that game, and then they lose to Montreal. And listen, give, Montreal's got fight. They're exceptionally well coached, but you know that was an opportunity for the Devils to be able to keep pace with Carolina with thoughts of maybe winning this division and having a, to avoid a date with the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs. And it, it, it's a home game. You, just, you don't like to see it. And, and maybe it's just a... Hey, Don, what are you doing? They've been great. They beat Pittsburgh. They had a great spirited come-from-behind victory against Winnipeg. These days are going to happen. Yes, they're going to happen. And if they happen to Boston, and if they happen to Tampa, and if they happen to Colorado, then, hey, that's okay. But when you're a newbie and you're experiencing being this good for the first time, it's a little bit of a reminder that, Hey, you know, you might not be able to get the results, and certainly things didn't bounce their way last night. And again, 40 shots on goal will tell you that maybe Montembeau stole the show. But they got off to a slow start. They tied the game on the Dawson goal uh, after the Anderson's tally, and and then that was pretty much it. It, it kind of just felt like, oh, no, we're, we're good, we're good. And, you know, and then uh, all of a sudden you're 3-1 early in the second period, and, and it was lights out from there. And you end up losing the game by the final score of 5-2. to two. So... They just got to be better than that, and I think they have to realize that. It's just a kind of a message to a young team that you could be beaten by anybody at any given night. And if something like that were to happen in the playoffs, it could end up costing you a series. So a little bit of a reminder, and we'll see what they do at the deadline. I think they'll have a chance to get better. Uh, speaking of the deadline, the Maple Leafs wipe the floor with the Sabres 6-4 to four as Ryan O'Reilly scores a couple of goals as he gets the tallies for the first time as a member, excuse me, the hat trick, as he's able to get the win for Toronto in his second game as a Leaf. And also you look at the Sabres, and there's no shame in losing to Toronto. Toronto's a cup-caliber team, right? We, we don't know if they're going to win the cup, but they're a good team. They've got 78 points. They're in second place in the Atlantic Division. There'd be a lot more conversation about Toronto if they weren't stuck in the same division as Boston. But the Sabres were down in this one like almost immediately. And Buffalo is kind of squandering what is a glorious opportunity here to take advantage of what Washington's going through, take advantage of what Pittsburgh's going through, the inconsistency of Florida, use these games in hand to kind of make up 
they sit 60 points, four points back of Florida with five games in hand. Well, it was six games in hand, and now it's five because you lost to Toronto. Um, you didn't hop over Washington. You didn't hop over Detroit, who both, you know, Detroit won their game over Washington. We'll get in that in a second. And you're 5 4 and 1 over the last 10. You're really non competitive at home against the Leafs. And I know a lot of Leaf fans get into that building in Buffalo for sure. But I'm getting a little tired of always talking up the Sabres because of where they are in the standings and the games in hand when they really haven't gone on a toot in a while. We'll see if they can do that. They're at Tampa, so their schedule doesn't get any easier. So you get all these games in hand, and you get excited about it, but you got to win them, and you got to win it on a consistent basis. So you got to go out to Florida for Tampa and Florida. That's a huge game coming up on uh, on, on Friday night in, in Florida. Huge, huge game. It's the second of back-to-backs, unfortunately, for them because they're going to be in Tampa the night before. You'd love to be able to come away with at least three points on that trip. And if you're going to get two, get two against Florida. That's one of the teams you're chasing. Then you come home for Washington. That's another game you have to win. By that time, Ovechkin is going to be back in the fold for them. And then you've got, you know, then you've got Columbus. So you, you've got you've got a couple of tough games coming up. But then you've got very winnable games against Washington and against Columbus. It, it, let's wake up and, and see if they can really do it. And, I'll, and then I'll legitimately start to talk about the possibility of the Buffalo Sabres making the playoffs. Now you look at Detroit. Detroit's take advantage of their games in hand. And they're winning. They had a fabulous tr- tr- trip out west winning three of the four games. They've won seven of their last ten. They beat a team they're supposed to beat in Washington last night. They're taking care of business. Larkin has been on fire, just got fined $5,000 for his cross-check on TJ Oshie. But Detroit's taking advantage. So Detroit sits two points back of Florida with four games in hand. They're crawling right up the back of Pittsburgh. They've got just one point back of Pittsburgh with the same amount of games played. As Pittsburgh is right now on the outside looking in, we talked on Monday, the realization of Pittsburgh and Washington not making it. Washington's not going to make it. Now, they've got, the, obviously, the bad luck, certainly, with Ovechkin being out, and it's right that he's out because he went back to Russia for the death of his father, but he hasn't come back. What has been three games? They've lost all three. He's expected to be at practice tomorrow and should be able to play in Washington's game at home against Anaheim, but they've played 59 games, just 62 points. They've been brutal at home, 14-12-3, the exact same record um, almost on the road at 14-13-3. They're an average hockey team, and you play without Ovechkin, you play without Carlson, it's going to hurt. I'm not saying there's not excuses for Washington for sure, but it just doesn't look like it's going to be their year. Still, that's a team that Buffalo's going to have to climb over, still a team that Detroit's going to have to contend with, so there's work to be done there. Ottawa, they lost their last game um, on President's Day to Boston. No harm, no foul there. They're still technically alive with 58 points, although I, I just don't see it happening for them. They've been good, 7-2-1 and one over their last 10, but just too many teams to climb over, and I'm starting to suspect that's going to be the problem for Buffalo. We told you about Detroit's huge win. That was big. Hurricanes just continue to be dominant, beat the Blues 4-1. to one. Svechnikov... You know, he's got 21 goals now. Ajo's got 25 goals. Natchez has been good for them. So uh, 36 shots on goal. They got 35 saves uh, in that one from the goaltender. And that's going to be the question mark for Carolina as we move deeper. Is Anderson Cup worthy? That's going to be the question. Is he someone you can win a cup with? And, and that's really the only question that you're going to have for Carolina. And you can't answer it in a regular season, but so far... 
so good. Wild, they needed a win desperately, and they got it. They beat the Kings by the final score of 3-2. to two. So Minnesota, 67 points, widened their lead over Calgary by four points. Both have 57 games played. Three points back of Edmonton for that first wild card spot. And if they wanted to fantasize about getting into the top three in the Central Division, it's a reality. They got the same amount of points as uh, the Avalanche with 67. Kings suffered their first loss. They had been riding a four-game winning streak, and they're 7-2-1 in their last 10. So they miss an opportunity to catch Vegas for first place in the Pacific Division with that defeat. But that's a good win for Minnesota. Hartman gets a couple of goals for them. He's been kind of quiet. That's a huge Huge win. Predators needed a win, and they got it against Calgary, and it took the shootout to finally do it. All of a sudden, the Predators starting to score some goals. Put up a seven spot last week against Florida. Put up five goals last night, counting the shootout goal. Um, Kometko has been very good for uh, Vancouver. Very surprising, 25 goals on the year. But uh, just a real 26 now. But uh, Duchesne gets the game winner there in the shootout. So Nashville, they get 60 points. Still seven back of a playoff spot for Minnesota, but they do have two games in hand. So I don't think Nashville's going to do it. Minus 10 goal differential tells you they're probably not, but you never know. Uh, Blackhawks, as we mentioned, beat the Golden Knights 3 to 2. Um, as the Blackhawks playing a little bit better. Vegas, uh, a rare loss on the road. Power play goal late in the third period. Um, got that game tied up at two by Johnson, his seventh of the year, and then the win in the shootout. Edmonton takes care of business against the Philadelphia Flyers with a 4-2 to win. Dry saddle is 34th. McDavid started to feel Pasternak creeping up on his back with his 42nd goal, the 41st and 42nd goals that he had back on Monday. He gets his 44th, so now is a two-goal lead on Pasternak for the most goals in the National Hockey League. Connor McDavid has just been sick. He, right now, 58 games played, has 105 points. It's just unbelievable. 44 goals and 61 points. It'll be interesting if he plays every game. Are we talking about what he can be on pace to do? I mean, how high up can he go in these next, what, 24 games that they have? Here's a guy that's almost two points per game, almost. Um, but even just a point a game over the next 24 is going to put him near 130 points. I, I think we're looking at a guy that should easily, easily get between 140 and 145 points this year. Pretty sick stuff happening there as uh, the Ottawa Senators get the win. Let's hear from you at Don LaGreca. Hashtag game misconduct. Didn't get a chance to talk to you guys on Monday. Uh, let's dive into this, and let's start with R.C. Dubs, who says, been a long time, Don. Hope everything is going well. Who creates the NHL schedule? Why are they so bad? Is it that hard to create a master schedule? Well, I think he's still the guy. When I was working over at the NHL, it was Steve Hatsapetros, and we'd have him on NHL Live every year to kind of go over just how difficult it is. It is so hard to do and this was before Vegas and Seattle so now it becomes even more harder to kind of figure out how to balance it out and you've got to go with the four games in your division now just three for one of them because you've got to be able to split those games to be able to go play Seattle and Vegas it's really difficult not wanting to 
get too clamped down with the travel, right? So like when the Rangers can't play Calgary and then play Minnesota, come home and then later on play Vancouver and Edmonton, it only makes sense for them to go out there and take care of all the Western teams once they're out there. Plus, you've got to, they're, they're trying to minimize a lot of the travel, so they're trying to make sure that when you go out on a long road trip that you take care of everybody. You go out west a couple of times to play the Kings and and the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, then you got to play Anaheim and you got to play San Jose and then you got to uh, go, and then you got to go up to play uh, Vancouver, Calgary and Edmonton and where do you put Winnipeg? You know, you're trying to put everything together. It's so hard. I don't know what exactly your problem is with the schedule. You didn't specify that. But the last glance was Steve Hatsipatros, and believe me, it's a lot harder than it looks. It's very difficult. And then you've got, hey, we got to make sure we got good games on Wednesday for TNT. We got to make sure we got good games on Friday for ESPN. We've got to make sure we got good games on Saturday night for Hockey Night in Canada. There's a lot of things that you're not even probably considering when putting together the schedule. Troy says, in your mind, is there any draft class that would match the success that the 2003 draft has been able to achieve? The 2003 draft, honestly... I would have to do the homework on it, okay? It might be one of the greatest drafts in sports, period. Never mind the NHL. It's by far the best draft that I can think of in NHL history. You go over all the other drafts and all the all the other sports. Forget baseball because, you know, there's so many so many players and everything. But when you think of the, um, the NBA and the NFL and the NHL and their draft process, which is pretty much kind of the same, I cannot think of another draft that, that, that is continue to give you the quality players. And for people that don't know, all right, here is your first round. Okay, just think about the significance. And there's not many duds. Okay, the first overall pick was Marc-Andre Fleury, still in the league. Eric Stahl was the second pick overall, still in the league. Nathan Horton was a pretty good player. Uh, Jaredev, pretty good player. Tomas Vanek, very good player. Uh, Milan McCulloch from the the who was drafted by the San Jose Sharks spent some time with the Ottawa Senators kind of bounced around. Ah, that's not great. Ryan Suter seventh overall pick. Braden Colburn still played a long time. Dion Phaneuf the ninth overall pick. Okay, Jeff Carter eleven. Hugh Jessamine twelve. That was the worst pick, and unfortunately for Ranger fans, belonged to the Rangers. Dustin Brown won two Stanley Cups, captained the Los Angeles Kings. Brent Seabrook, borderline Hall of Famer. Zach Parisi taken 17th. Ryan Getzloff. Parisi might have a chance at the Hall of Fame. Getzloff's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Brett Burns still playing, 20th overall pick. Okay. Ryan Kessler. Mike Richards, 25. Brian Boyle. Corey Perry, <laughs> 28th overall. He's a historic player. That's just the first round. Uh, Louis Erickson drafted in the second round. Patrice Bergeron, Shea Weber, Corey Crawford who won a cup. This is the second round. David Backus, Jimmy Howard. Third round, not much. Fourth round, no. But keep going. Keep going. You'll find, you'll find, how about Joe Pavelski? (laughs) Take it in the seventh round. Joe Pavelski. Um, How about Dustin Bufflin? Dustin Bufflin was a good player for a long time in this league. He was taken in the eighth round. How about Yaroslav Halak? Still playing in the league. Good goaltender for the New York Rangers. Taken 271st in the ninth round. All right. Brian Elliott, still in the league, was the second to last pick in the draft. Unbelievable amount of talent in 2003. So to answer your question, it is one 
of the greatest drafts ever. And the fact that you can fast forward to nearly 20 years later and there's still players making an impact from that draft, pretty good stuff. Uh, Patrick says the Devils have had a slippage in defensive play over the last couple of games. Could you see interest in Ekholm or Orloff if they become available? Um, listen, that'd be great. I, I think Dmitry Orloff is great. Do you realize Dmitry Orloff is third all-time in games played for the Washington Capitals? I think it was Callie Johansson and Ron Langway were the two. Rod Langway uh, ahead of Dmitry Orloff. So, yeah, that would be good. Ekholm's played some big games as well. Yeah, don't sleep on the Devils. Maybe need another member of the blue line. They can score the Devils' blue line, but defending might be another situation. Uh, Sam Diaz, good friend of the show, says, while Kraftsoff is still with the Rangers, why doesn't Gallant play him at second right wing or move VC to fourth line? Pairing VC with Mott and Gaudreau gives them a strong fourth line, and having Krav in the lineup over Lecision is a plus. Would Kraftsoff be too much of a liability at right wing? Well, clearly he would be, right? First of all, the Rangers have had any problem scoring goals, right? And, and the one time they only scored the one goal against Winnipeg, they had 51 shots on goal. Offense is not their problem. So clearly he doesn't think Kraftsoff's as good as VC. He's also went on record to say Kraftsoff just doesn't fit on the fourth line. Also, here's the thing. All right, he's, he's been able to still he- stay healthy recently, but this is a guy that like in the first two weeks of the season, like three times had to leave games because of injury. If he is truly a trade commodity... The last thing you want him to go out there and get hurt. So I understand what you're saying. You can build up his credibility, play. He could also hurt himself by not playing well. He could also literally hurt himself on the ice. Uh, they're probably they're probably doing the right thing. Uh, Michael says, I don't get how people complain about tough matchups in round one, second, third division seeds. The playoffs are hard. Teams have to lose. Why do they not deserve to go out in the first round. Anyone watching can see a good team regardless of exit round. But but the point is, you want the best teams to elevate as far as they can. Is it fair? All right, let, let's take a look at the standings right now and, the, and, and what could be the first round matchups. And the first one we always think about, it's Devils and Rangers. I mean, both of them have had very, very good seasons. And when you take a look at the league, the Devils are the third best team in the league. The Rangers are the sixth best team in the league. Does it make sense that the third best team or the sixth best team are going to be out in the first round? You work so hard to be the best team that you can be, but because you're stuck in a very competitive division, you might get stuck with a really tough first-round matchup. I understand that winning the Stanley Cup is hard, and if you're at some point you're going to have to take on very difficult teams, so the road's difficult, so what? I get that point. But from just a fan standpoint, do you want to see great teams out early? You know, Toronto and Tampa, they look like they're going to be the first-round matchup. They're the fourth and fifth best teams in the league. So that means one of those two teams are going to be out. So does it make sense that when you're you're Toronto, you're the fourth-best team in the NHL? But because you're stuck in a division with the best team in the NHL, Boston, you, you, you can't get a wild card team. So now you're going to have to take on the third best team. So what does Toronto get for all the hard work of finishing in second place in a really good division, having a plus 44 goal differential, which is among the best in the NHL, and being the fourth team overall in points? What do they get to draw? The fifth best team in the league, a team that has gone to the Stanley Cup Final three consecutive times. Like, that doesn't seem fair to me. I just think that you want to have... The higher you finish, the lower the seed. And because of this stupid divisional have to play in the division the first couple of rounds and uh, and having this 2-3 matchup locked in, 
it just it just seems unfair to me that your first round matchups that tough but never mind how tough it just seems unfair to the general public that we're going to see the first round disregard that many good teams now good teams can lose listen boston can lose in the first round that would be on them but for Toronto to lose to Tampa or Tampa to lose to Toronto or the Devils to lose to the Rangers or vice versa and have good teams that work so hard over 82 be out in the first round by no fault but having to draw that difficult a matchup, I mean, that doesn't seem fair. Now, we could break it down to who would the Rangers-Devils play if we had the old format. Well, I'd have to quickly do the math because they don't break it down by conference here on the NHL.com website. But clearly, Boston would be the one seed. Carolina would be the two. You got the Rangers as the six seed against the New Jersey Devils as the three seed. All right, so they still, so they would still end up drawing the same. But there's still wiggle room, but I guess not much. And Toronto would play Tampa Bay. <laughs> it, it, it is funny, And right? Carolina would play the Islanders, and Boston would play... All right, so Panthers. but that still could change. Now, 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 Don, hear, hear me out. Yes. Did someone that is a Toronto Maple Leaf alumni make a deal with the Devil to win a championship, and then until they die, they won't win? Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Like who, who was it? Uh, so who was on that? So was it would it be the last Pete Stemkowski? He was on the '67 Leaf team. Did, was there a meeting? Did somebody sell their soul to the devil to win that cup in 1967? Like a cup Pete of Stemkowski Tim Hortons coffee or a chicken? Well, here, here's the thing: is that if it, Pete Stemkowski can can confirm it happened, and Pete Stemkowski would probably be the one to sell off something to win that cup. So we'll talk to Pete the next time we hear from him about that. All right. So I understand what you're saying that even under the old format they'd play. However, there'd be more wiggle room because the Rangers right now have 75 points. Toronto has 78. And the Rangers have a game in hand. So the Rangers could change that seeding much easier than they can change it now because of how many points they're back at Carolina. Like, So we're kind of locked into Devils and Rangers, right? Now, you, we wouldn't be locked into Devils and Rangers at 6-3 and three in the old format because both teams would have wiggle room, right? The, the Devils don't necessarily have to finish as the, uh, as the three seed. Um, they could, they can catch Carolina, but but they so they're, they're, they're that's a bad example. The Rangers at seventy five points can certainly catch Toronto. They would be the six seed. What by um, tiebreaker with Toronto for uh, Tampa? Tampa would be the five. You're saying, and Toronto would be the four. In the format that exists right now, right? But yeah, in the in the, in the format that that exists back in the day with the one through eight. Yeah. So you're right. As by way of coincidence, on February 22nd, that would be the matchup. But that, not, that would not necessarily be the matchup at the end of the season because the Rangers can catch Tampa, the Rangers can catch Toronto. They could fall off. Under the current format, you're pretty much locked into those two matchups in the first round because nobody, none of the wild card teams are going to catch those teams. And definitely in the Atlantic Division, nobody's catching Boston. So Toronto and Tampa's a lock. That that's not changing. Florida is eleven points back at Tampa, so they're not they're not catching Tampa, and Tampa and Toronto aren't catching Boston. So that's that's set. That Tampa Toronto is set in stone, basically. Yeah. But under the one through eight format, it wouldn't be. No, you're right. So, but now forget about the first round. Now look at the second round. All right. Boston has to play. Boston has the winner to, of Toronto Tampa Bay. Right? The winner of Toronto Tampa Bay. So. That ends up becoming a very difficult draw, wouldn't you think? Yes. 
Also, the, in the old for the, days, for the top seed. Did they reseed in the old days? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that so would yeah, because in the old days, Boston would play the well. They, I, I always get confused. No, Boston the is the one seed. Boston would probably most likely, unless Carolina and Jersey win their respective matchups. There's a chance that Boston doesn't play the winner of four or five. Right. Because if the, the Rangers upset. Jersey, then they'd probably play Boston. The only way Boston would play a four seed is that if every seeding held up and the favorite won all, all series. Right, correct. Boston, under the old format, if for some reason you saw... All the favorites win. The Islanders no, the as Islanders the last... Or, or, or Florida, say, because Florida right now is the last wild card, were to upset... Um, well, no, they would... Not, uh, that's about to get a bad example. Not Florida. Florida Islanders play, upset Carolina somehow. Right, you would have to if Carolina gets upset, then by Boston the wild plays card the Islanders. Team, that's the team that they would then play Boston. Right. Um, so it, it's it, it's it gets crazy. It's I, I I understand where he's coming from. Hey, it's it's difficult. It's hard to know how to win the Stanley Cup. I'm just saying is, do you want to see great teams, top five, top six teams in the league, be assured of being out in the first round? Assured of it. Like, we know some combination of Tampa, Toronto, Rangers, and Devils. There's no way all four can advance. I, I, I just don't think that's that, – I, I I'm, not, I'm not in love with that format. Now, if you go to the format in the West, it doesn't really make as much sense because you don't have the dominant teams, right? Vegas got 73 points. Dallas has 72. But both divisions are very much wide open. Winnipeg's a point back. The Los Angeles is two points back, first place there. So it doesn't seem to be as big a deal if Winnipeg plays Colorado because they're not the, they're not great. You know, you're talking about uh, in the West these teams that are they might be locked into those matchups if it ends up being. Um, a matchup in the West between the Kings and the and the uh, Seattle Kraken, right? That would be the first round matchup. You're talking about the Los Angeles Kings, who are tenth in the league. Seattle's eleventh. All right, so you're still kind of talking not the middle of the pack. It's still kind of the upper echelon. In the Central Division, your matchup would be uh, in the first round would be um, Winnipeg and Colorado. From a league standpoint, Winnipeg's the ninth team. Colorado's the 13th. But in the East, it makes more sense to complain about it because you're talking about the real elite top five, top six teams in the league. It's crazy when you look at the league. Here, Here is your top ten teams. Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, Tampa, Rangers. you got to get to seven before you bring up a West team. Then it's the rest of the West. It's Vegas, it's Dallas, it's Winnipeg, it's Los Angeles, it's Seattle, it's Edmonton, it's Colorado. There's a distinct drop-off from the top six, but it's kind of crazy, Anthony, that the top six teams in the league all reside in the Eastern Conference. Well, Don, let me ask you something. When the schedule changes next year, refresh my memory, it's playing more teams, right? So it's going to... It's playing every team? With less of an emphasis on your division again? Which is why the Rangers play the Islanders like three times? Right. So, will there... Do you think that at some point we could see a situation where we go away from the top three teams in every division, make it, and, and go away from the bracket again? Because there's going to be more of an emphasis on the entire league as a whole? I don't know. Where you're going to have the Metro, like, obviously, the Metro, Central, Pacific, and Atlantic division winners will make the playoffs. But then after that, it's three through eight of the rest? 
as opposed to which is what it is now, of course. But it then, but then you'd remove the bracket system, and one and two wouldn't be the division winners. Like the division winners get a lock into the playoffs, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the one two seed. That's how I think the NBA should do it too. But but you're saying that if we do go in there with our binder and we get Gary Bettman to change everything, yeah, we got laminated again. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean that you know, obviously winning your division still has to mean something, right? You're at least guaranteed a playoff series. You're not necessarily guaranteed a home playoff series, but you're guaranteed a playoff series, and then. Yeah, you'd have Jersey and the Rangers, Toronto and Tampa Bay, and then you'd still have the Islanders in Florida. But they're just they're 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 seated based on it would be Jersey, Toronto, the Rangers and Tampa are tied. I forget who has the tiebreaker. If it's goal differential, it's Tampa, the Islanders in Florida, and then that way you kind of that's how you that's how you start keeping score in terms of the ranking for the playoffs. Right, which is what you want anyway. And if you're gonna go away from the division meaning more. Not that it doesn't mean anything, but if you're going to have less division games, why would it make sense that you know you get a benefit if you're taking a look? I remember you were talking about how bad the West is. Like you get a benefit from being Colorado right now, having 67 points in the Central, right? Because you're the third best team. That's why one through 16 would be a dream, but you know they just they wouldn't go for it with the travel. I guess, I guess that would be their number one complaint. But I just want to reward teams that have great regular seasons and. It, it just seems you you feel bad for the Torontos and Tampas. They're stuck in a division with Boston. And listen, and, and even with the Devils and Rangers, with being in Carolina, you know, because Carolina is clearly the second best team, and catching them is going to be tough. But is is it necessarily the death sentence of having to have that bad, that really difficult first round matchup? It's definitely worthy of conversation. Nicholas says, right now, who would be a sleeper in each conference that you would pick to go on a deep run? I don't know. Would Tampa be a sleeper? I guess you'd call them a sleeper just because of where they're seated as a three seed in their own division, but Tampa wouldn't be a sleeper to me. Um, I, I guess I can't. The Barzell injury is going to kill the Islanders. I, I Even though the Islanders are a playoff team right now, Sleeper team. God. Well, again, it, it, the playoff format matters, right? You're talking about a sleeper team that's going to go far. It matters how what their matchups are going to be. Well, Ryan, if you're going to talk to me about a sleeper team, then I guess you're talking about because are the Devils a sleeper team no. when they're going to be a no. home, may have home ice advantage in the first round and, no. be, and be a no, they're not. So you're looking at the Islanders, not without Barzell, Florida. I guess they could. Put it together. So I guess the answer would be Florida. I don't think Detroit can make a run if they make it. I don't think Pittsburgh can make a run. But let's face it, Pittsburgh may not make the playoffs. And even when they have over the last, what is it, four years, Anthony, they haven't even been able to get out of the first round. Yeah. Um, so I guess it would be Florida. The West is a little bit different. Edmonton. Edmonton. You know, they went to the conference final last year, so would that be considered... I guess it would be considered a sleeper because they're a wild-card team, but they, they did go to the conference final last year, and if they got any decent goaltending, they would have won a couple of games in that series. And their goaltending, I think, is better this year than it was last year. I have a future on them to win it all, so... I like it. I like where your head's at. Um, you know what? Well, and like you said, Don, only because right now, if you look at the way it's, it's scheduled, they would have to play one of the best teams in either the mm. Pacific or the Central as a wild card. So your right. sleeper is your quote-unquote seven seed. 
if you want to call it that. And WC1 in this case. Yeah, I don't think Minnesota can make a run. I mean, would Seattle be considered a sleeper? I guess Seattle could be considered a sleeper just because... Yes, I agree with that. People kind of forget about them being being in their second year, but they are in third place in the Pacific. They might end up winning the Pacific Division when it's all said and done. They got a plus 19 goal differential of only three points off the pace of Vegas. And also, as it stands right now, Don, Edmonton, because Vegas has one more point than Dallas, and of course that's subject to change. Edmonton would flip over to the central side of the bracket, which I think is probably the easier side of the bracket. Right. And then they'd have to play Dallas, and I think they could beat Dallas. Then they'd have to play the winner of Winnipeg, Colorado, and I think that they could probably win that. They only need to have to worry about Vegas, Los Angeles, or Seattle once they get to the conference mm-hmm. final. So that's that's a path where you could say a wild card team has the best chance to make it to the conference final. That's a really good question. Um, and we should also mention Kevin Weeks reporting that MetLife could be a a possible stadium series site involving the Devils. The assumption is it would be the Rangers as their opponent. That's not what Kevin um, reported, Uh, but then other people piggybacked off that report and said there were rumblings it would be the Rangers. I guess it would make sense more so than the Islanders-Devils, although I I think that would still be kind of an interesting draw, but if you're trying to get 80,000 people at MetLife, you'll probably do it easier if the Rangers are involved in that. So we're doing a live a show idea. there, right? I, I, I doubt it. Michael's not going to want to do that. I, I think it would be, be on the weekend. No, me and you. I'm, I'm not oh, listen, I, I, would, I would take game misconduct on the road for something like that. That's I think right. it would be kind of fun. Yeah, press passes. Um, yeah, we could do that. Uh, I'm, I, and, you know, like you brought it up to me off the air yesterday because we were talking about it on the Michael K. Show. And Michael's like, well, usually don't they have historic buildings? Not necessarily for the stadium series. They want to. The venue's very important in the winter class. Yeah, they just find an empty stadium. But the stadium series, you know, with the Kings, the Kings and 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 Ducks played at Dodger Stadium. That's pretty historic. But the venue's less important in the stadium series. It's just trying to get these teams that have no shot at a at a winter classic to get a chance to um to to play outdoors. And it was a huge success in Raleigh this past weekend. I think it'd be great at MetLife Stadium involving the uh, the Rangers and the um and the Devils involved in that. Hey, even even and if you wanted to I guess the question would be if you did a stadium series involving Rangers and the um and the Islanders, you'd have to go back to Yankee Stadium, but they've already done that. They already have had a Winter Classic at City Field. So if you want to incorporate the only other stadium other than the uh, the Harrison Stadium for the the the, um, the Red Bulls, is that you you would have to do it at MetLife, and if you're going to do it at MetLife, it's got to be the Devils over the Islanders, just because of where it's located. So, I, I think that could be fun. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like you said, Don, and they went all out that first year because that was the first year of the Stadium Series when they had the Ducks uh, play the Kings in Dodger Stadium, and then I think it was Yankee Stadium for the Rangers. Right, like, right. Like they went all out. N- now it's okay. We're just going to play in stadiums. The we're big house find a stadium is where you're going to get your accommodate right. You know, uh, fifty thousand plus people, and more about just the, the fact that you're playing outside against a rival, more so than the venue itself. Getting an air conditioner sponsor to mirror what it looks like on the outside. <laughs> right, great. right. Yeah, that could that could be fun. But uh, this was fun. We were running out of time. We'll get to more of your tweets coming up on Friday at Don LeGrenka, hashtag Abe Misconduct. Friday, we'll get you set for the weekend. We'll give you the top five for the week and all that. Uh, there's only three games tonight uh, in the NHL. Winnipeg at the Islanders. Um, we'll see 
uh, what the Islanders can do. That was a huge win that they had against Pittsburgh, so we'll see if they can kind of keep that going. Flames and the Coyotes, that's a must-win for Calgary, uh, Dallas, and Chicago as Dallas trying to fend off Winnipeg in the Central Division. So a 7 o'clock start and two 9.30s tonight. So we will talk to you again coming up on Friday. I'll do the pre and post for Rangers and Red Wings uh, coming up on Thursday. And then Saturday I'll be in Washington for the Caps and the Rangers. But we'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.